1: Hey, everybody, welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by the good folks at WinBet, W Y N N B E T. Uh, appreciate their sponsorship. They are the exclusive sponsor for all RotoWire podcasts this fall. Uh, today is the Yogurt Cast, as I like to call it TGFBI, my my, my personal TGFBI league. Uh, for those of you who don't know why I call it Yogurt Cast, TGFBI is like TGBY. And uh, easy easy enough there for me as an old person that liked frozen yogurt back in the day. Uh, with me is Justin, Justin Mason, the proprietor of the TGFBI contest. Uh, you can get him on the sleeper in the bus. You read him on Fangrass, Friends with Fantasy Benefits, and pretty much everybody else's podcast everywhere. Uh, Ariel Cohen, uh, ATC Projections. You read him on Baller. You read him on CBS. You read him on Fangrass. And Joe Lowry on Prospects Live. Guys, uh, we're, thanks for coming today. How are we doing?
2: Doing Good. Ooh. Doing really yeah, really great. well. Uh, get some day baseball games. That's I love day baseball. So uh, anytime I can get multiple games on in the morning here on the West Coast, I'm happy.
1: Yeah, it, it is great. Uh, you know, and I, I, I was we were talking about who we got uh, production from right away to start the day. Boy, poor Matt Manning is just not is really rough right now. Uh, and you know, this is a prime and Aaron Nola for that matter. Tough day for him too. And especially because everybody, uh, you know, you know, in every league, Aaron Knoll is, you know, definitely started, definitely uh, rostered. Uh, that's a big
2: when you when you have your ace flop like that, it's tough. Yeah, especially because there's just not that much time to kind of overcome these kind of bad outings. Right. We got a month left in the season or less than a month left in the season. So every bad outing can't be counteracted as easily as it maybe it could have been in May.
1: That's ab- absolutely right. Joe, you have made a big surge in uh, RTG FBI League, and you were an active spender this week in uh, Fab as well. <laughs> uh, went went a little strong. Let's talk about that. Uh, you know, what, what's the key to your success, your recent surge?
3: Um, you know, it's it's been a a, a lot of little things that have added up for me. Um, part part of my recent spend this week is uh, I had a lot because I kept getting outbid, and I said. I can't take fab home with me. So I might as well have a little fun with it. Right. right. And being, being a, you know, a prospect kind of guy, I, I targeted a couple of my prospects that, that I uh, really like a lot. And, you know, it, it, we're here to have fun as well. So, so why not get, get a couple of guys that, that I believe in, even if it doesn't help out. But I think a lot of what kind of helped me recently has just been um Getting Dallas Keuchel and Andrew Heaney out of my starting.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, that that's a that is huge. I I, I had a Keuchel going in the uh, main event, and there's just no upside there. I just yeah you know, okay, he had two good starts one week. Okay, great. Uh, but not so great. I just realized you have both starters for these day games. You have Nola and you have Montas today. One's not like the other, but uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, Montas it's not he's nice to get that run support nice and early at least. I think that's Justin. Yeah, Justin.
3: Got- oh, it's oh, Justin. Yeah. Justin, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry, Justin.
2: Me. That one's me. It's uh, click. Yep. I, I I mean I I love, I love Montas. Montas has been great. Nola has been like the most frustrating ace to own. He has he'll, he'll go out one day and, you know, throw what 11, 12 strikeouts in 7 innings. You're like, "Yes, this is the guy that I believed could be a top five top 10 pitcher in the league this year that I, I was super glad to get in the second round. And then the next day he'll, he'll do this. He'll, you know, throw, uh, you know, four innings, give up six runs. And you're just like, Oh, okay. That doesn't help at all. So he's unfortunately kind of like one of those one B aces and not a one A ace that I needed right. it to be this season.
1: That's true. This league is, uh, being led by Corbin oh. Scott young. He can't, he unfortunately he couldn't make us. He's actually a teacher too, and he's in, in class there and in person again, so good for him. Uh, but it's been back and forth. Ariel, you've been leading a lot of the way. Uh, I think I, I was up there a little early on. Ian Kahn's been in the hunt. Joe, you're in the hunt. Uh, and Justin, you, you, you've you made a surge. You yes, a yes. Surge?
2: I, I've gone from twelfth to 6 in the last month and a half. Nice. Uh, but nice. I don't think I'm going to get much higher than that. I'm going to try, uh, but... Uh, I'm 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 taking over the middle of of the standings, not the top like you guys.
1: Yeah, Arlo, you're right in the thick of it. What is going to be the key to this uh, the stretch run for us here?
4: Well, I got uh, Garrett Cole back, 15 strikeouts last night. Uh, he was yep. my first round pick. I, I got lucky; he fell to me at number nine. Uh, So uh, I'm lucky, and but uh, he had that bump in the middle of the road in the middle of the season. But if he gets on track. All of a sudden my pitching's on track and Bo Bichette, the same thing, my second rounder, he also tailed off a little bit in the middle of the season, but he's had some good production lately. So I, I need my main guys to continue and my, uh, the rest of my squad to just, uh, do average. And then I think I can, uh, just get another couple of points and maybe knock, uh, knock on the first place door again.
1: And how about you, Joe, what's your key? What's going to be the most important thing for you down the stretch? Yeah, I, I think it's not taking those,
3: uh, blow up games Uh, I'm kind of in the the middle of the ratios for on the pitching side and and uh you know I can't can't drop much further down on those I'm hoping to gain some some ground there and strikeouts are just uh Keiko and Heaney right strike strikeouts just have not been my thing and and I'm hoping and which is kind of why I was taking the shot on Cabrera with that potential for strikeouts if he can stick in the rotation I just I think there's um, you know, that's, that's a place where I can really jump up, uh, especially with, you know, Justin focusing on, you know, all relievers so he can beat Danielle and he's hopefully not going to get as many strikeouts and and I can, you know, keep going up the, the ladder with some of the long outings with some of my starters. That's really what I'm hoping for is ratios and strikeouts and, and then just maintaining across the rest of the board.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to keep my head above water. My first round pick was Ronald Acuna. My second round pick was Clayton Kershaw in the fifth round. I, I had this choice guys. I'm sitting there at pick 62. I could take this guy named Luke Voigt, who had a pretty good year or this up and coming first baseman named Vlad Gu- Gu- Guerrero. That's it. Yeah. And oh no, I, I don't think about that every day or anything. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's just, just absolutely brutal. Huh? But uh, it, it's, the biggest whiff I made all season. I, well, no, I'm sure there's bigger whiffs. People remind me of it all the time, but that's the one where I feel like, oh, how different would this league if just that one pick had I not made that? But uh, just, we you know. all
2: have that pick, though. I mean, in this, oh yeah, every, every league, right? Anytime you don't win a league, you go back and you look at that draft and you go, oh man, in the seventh round, if I had just taken this guy instead of this guy. I mean, you
4: could also have had Otani any time into the first couple of ten rounds. You know. Yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, Otani went way, way late in way too many drafts, and I mean, he he's going to be a league winner for everybody who (laughs) wins a league with Otani on their roster.
1: Yeah, he he Ian Khan got him at fifteen point eleven in our fifteen twelve in our draft.
2: That Uh, Ian guy is pretty good.
1: Yeah. Can you? And the funny thing, the only thing is, you can't use them. You have to use them one or the other. You don't get the benefit of both. But I can't imagine not using him as a hitter every single week. Just, just rolling with it there. So, go ahead.
2: Oh, I was, I was just going to agree with you. I just, I, I, I know that some people are starting using a pitcher because they've gotten such good production from him as a hitter. They're ahead in categories and they can afford to use him as a pitcher. But I mean, he's just been so amazing. I mean, who would have thought you were going to get. This kind of stolen base is on top of all the power and the average. I mean, it's just been such an amazing run for Otani.
4: And can you imagine in daily leagues what his value is worth? Where you get, not only do you get all the hitting, but you also get all the pitching. I mean, we're talking like $60 player. It's crazy. He's he's a top, you know, top 10 uh, hitter. And, you know, definitely a top uh, three SP, maybe at least a pitcher. It's just crazy the value there.
2: He, he, uh, in my first draft of 2022 already, he went first overall. Um, and a, wow. I mean, it makes a ton of sense. Wait, you've already done
1: a 2022 draft.
2: I've, it's a three sport draft. So, you know, okay, we have football, baseball, and basketball all together. So, in order to get this football season rolling for it, because baseball is the last season of that sport, we've done a draft. So, yeah, I, I just, we just finished yesterday, 55 rounds, uh, 14 team league uh and yeah Otani went first overall in that league uh, above all basketball and football and you can understand why i mean especially in a daily moves format league like that one is it just has so he just has so much value
4: yeah Where, where do you think where do you think Acuna goes next year in in drafts
2: uh
1: i mean i, mean, I think obviously it depends uh, on how his rehab's going um the question is is he run uh when he returns right uh, uh I probably would take, let's see, I'd go Acuna. I mean, I'd go uh, Tatis over him, although he has his own concerns. We'll see what happens after his shoulder surgery this off season. Uh, Otani, I think I'd go over him. Vlad, I think I'd go over him. Turner. Turner. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I think Cole, I take over him uh, now that he's righted that ship. What do you do? I mean, DeGrom and Acuna are two super hot button issue guys for next year. And I, I don't really quite know. Tatis too, really. I mean, I'm not quite sure about that. Joe, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I, I agree. I think the one other name I throw in there, and you know, I, I'm pretty conservative I in the first round, as much as I can be, uh, depending where I where I'm drafting. But I, I'd probably take uh bets over both as a and DeGrom Grand right, right really? now as it stands today, just with that uncertainty. and and, and who knows maybe that sneaks in uh second base eligibility. I, I doubt it, but I mean, that would be uh, that would be a, n- a no brainer at that point, but I, you know, I don't, I don't think it happens. And, and again, it, the your point about not running, I think is, is the most valid one for me there that I think I can get a bit more safety and, and a bit more SBs uh, out of bets. Um, not, knowing where his rehab goes.
4: You know, I'm actually considering Bo Bichette for the the first round. I mean, we're talking about safety, and and he's much better in Roto than in real life, Bichette, because of the stolen Mm -hmm. bases. But we're talking possible 25, 25, 30, 30, with a very good average. And I don't even think we've seen peak Bo Bichette yet. And that Toronto lineup, that's kind of crazily good. Um, It's a very safe pick for next year. Power-speed combo He might be actually undervalued. Maybe he'll go late first round, and he might even be worth mid-first round, right? And would you rather have Bo Bichette or Trout next year in Roto? I think it might be Bichette.
2: Yeah, I I think people are going to make the argument you shouldn't take Trout in the first round. I've already heard some people make that argument, and I actually don't necessarily have a problem with it. I don't know if my heart can handle that because I love Trout so much, but I think this will be another good year. To not have a top three pick if you don't want one. I mean, this was one of those years where, like, I targeted seven, eight, nine in my drafts because I thought like the difference between player one and player seven wasn't that huge. Um, and then I wanted that earlier pick in the second round. I think next year is going to be a lot like that as well.
1: I want to be in the middle, anyhow. I know Ariel does too. I mean, you've wrote about it. We've discussed it. Um, I, I you know, seven, eight, nine, ten. Give me that all day. Uh, I, I especially in the fifteen teamers. Uh, where I just think that there's, you know, you don't want to get the caught at the end of a run. Uh, I think there's a lot of arguments in favor of that, so I'm with you on that. Uh, before we move on, a uh, quick note from our friends at WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy Podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to five hundred dollars on your first wager. Download WinBet right now. That's W Y N N B E T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. This is the TGA FBI, the Yogurt Cast. Uh, my guests are Justin Mason, Ariel Cohen, and Joe Lowry. Joe, want to throw this to you? We saw a lot of big-time prospects get the call this year and struggle initially whether it was, you know, Jared Kelnick being the obvious one right away, a lot of the pitchers uh, coming out of the shoot got knocked around pretty good. Wander Franco seems to be the exception, but is this year a tougher year for prospects given what we had last year with just the 2-month season and the, you know, extended training camps and all that?
3: It, it it it's definitely a tougher season for not only the prospects to a certain degree, some of the rookies too. I was kind of yep. surprised about, you know, the Cabrian Hayes, the Alec Baum getting sent back down, all, all of that stuff I was not anticipating. And, and you know, Jer- Kelnick, that was another surprise for me because the dude has just mastered every level he's been at. And it's, and it, it, you know, Joe Doyle over at Prospects Live put, makes a good point that maybe he just, it's not a talent thing. And, and I think that happens over a long baseball season is that players struggle and they go yeah. through those cycles of how to deal with this mentally because it's such a mental game and they didn't really get that last year so not only did they lose the development physically they lost the mental hurdles that they had to overcome throughout you know eight month seasons you know and and training camps and all of those things that it's just, uh, it, it's not surprising, unfortunately. It wasn't something that I think a lot of us were anticipating either because I know Kelnick, Witt, and, and, you know, like you said, Wander are, all went in most of the NFBC drafts. And, and while Wander's, you know, doing decent, uh, no, none of those, as well as those rookies I mentioned, have kind of blown the doors off, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, uh, that's true. I mean, F- Wander's had this big this big time on-base streak, I think he's, he is proving it. He's 20, which is just ridiculous. And he's doing that, which is pretty cool. But I know Justin, you had Kelnick on your watch. You've been the one that's been dealing with it. Now did you hold on to Kelnick the whole time or did you let him go when he got sent down?
2: No, I've been holding on to him the whole time. uh, And it was, I was just lucky enough that I got healthy about the rest of my team got healthy about the time they sent him back down. So I was able to kind of hold on uh, and then, I lost Anthony Rendon, so I could just cut someone off my roster as well. There you go. (laughs) uh, But I just think this is another reminder that not every prospect makes it right away. Like Some of these guys take time. Some of these guys are going to have bumps in the road. I think we've been spoiled over the years with guys like Acuna and Tatis and Soto that have just come up and mashed right away. and It's kind of given us a little bit of rose-colored glasses in terms of, oh, a top prospect's coming up. They're going to be good right away. And Those of us who've been playing this game or watching baseball for a really long time, we know that that's just not the case. Like history has shown us over and over and over again that many, many guys struggle, many more guys struggle than are actually successful in their first go around. So I think it's just a reminder to us in the fantasy industry that maybe not to overrate some of these rookies coming up uh, and that. These, I think it's a great point that Joe made about uh, Hayes, uh, you know, uh, guys like that who are on the second go around. Right. And yep. struggled after initial success. That that's possible as well, too.
4: You know, and, and I'll add that this was a good year to actually follow projections very closely. Projections in general are uh, punitive towards rookies and punitive towards prospects, right? It, it knows what a, a fourth year player has been doing. It knows what a fifth year player has been doing. And because of the, especially because of the 60 game season last year, you know, prospects and, and rookies obviously had uh, uh, much of a disadvantage and projections are going to do what they always do and uh, not ignore them, but uh, definitely downplay them, regress them to a league average. So this year, 2021 If you followed projections, you actually had a big leg up only because of the 2020 season coming into this one.
1: Do you handle prospects any differently for next year uh, based on what happened this year? You know, maybe knowing that we had finally had a full season, maybe minor leagues have been changed a little bit. Joe, how are you handling the prospects for next season? I'm all in on Bobby Witt. (laughs) (laughs) He'll finally get the call, maybe, possibly.
3: Well, with, with Mondes the news that Mondesi's moving to third base. I mean, that uh, it seems yeah. kind of obvious that they're they're teeing it up. In, in general, I'm I'm staying away, with the few exceptions for the elite guys. And and to me, next year that's Wit. You know, there's in theory maybe the the Riley Green, Spencer Tokelson, since they got up to AAA already, are kind of in play next year. I think they're going to be. Um, I think people are going to take shots on them. And and I don't think I would do that yet, especially with how Torque struggled at the beginning of the year. Um, So for me, I, I, you know, it's definitely tamped down my excitement to have take more than one or two shots uh, on any of my teams next year. And like I said, I'm hoping to take that shot on wit, but I know he's probably going to be, everyone's probably saying that,
2: right? Yeah.
4: No. So, so just a word about Mondesi and Witt. Um, yes, uh, I, I do like Bobby Witt, but I think that Mondesi going to third base is more of a testament on Mondesi. I was talking with James Anderson, uh, Rotowire wire uh, uh, last week, and he was saying that, you know, Bobby Witt really does profile like an excellent third baseman, and Mondesi is clearly the better player at shortstop. So to me, I see that as if Mondesi is going to third base, the Royals don't see him as a guy who can keep healthy. Um, and Bobby Witt is let's just put him at the regular position because he'll have a better chance. So I think that actually says a lot, but not about Witt. It actually says a lot about Mondesi, and I, I would be on the way under on him. Uh, very pessimistic about him going into twenty twenty
1: two. How about you, Justin?
4: I mean, I I, I think everybody
2: loves Bobby Witt Jr. Um, I, I I'm kind of right with Joe though in terms of where I'm at in terms of kind of the rest of the prospects. I think. In terms of like Torkelson and Riley Green, I think whatever the Tigers do in the offseason in terms of agency will tell us a lot about how quickly they're planning on bringing up those guys. If they're super active, if they go after, you know, like a Trevor Story or Carlos Correa or, uh, you know, some of the other big names uh, on the market, then maybe they will be aggressive with those guys. And they're saying, hey, now's our time. Now's our time to kind of compete. If they don't, then that tells you they're not, they're not looking to bring those guys up maybe as quickly. Uh, I tend to be a lot more conservative with uh, minor leaguers uh, in, in redraft leagues, especially it's burned me in the past. And I got real aggressive this year on uh, Calnick and that burned me this year. So uh, I'll probably go back to being a little bit more conservative in the future. I, I do agree with Ariel. I think that Mondesi moved to third base, uh, is m- much more about them being afraid he can handle the field.
1: Yeah, probably so. Uh, before I move on, a uh, quick note from our next sponsor, our good folks at Thrive NFL, is back on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has over a hundred thousand guaranteed for NFL Week One. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free six month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you claim your free Rotowire subscription. One, visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Two, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And three, play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month RotoWire subscription. It's just that simple. Thanks for uh, the folks at uh, Thrive. That's
0: rotowire.com slash thrive. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
4: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: My guests here are Ariel Cohen, Joe Lowry, and Justin Mason. It is the TGA FBI League uh, uh, podcast here. Uh, The ball was a big issue early on this season. uh, And then how they gripped the ball became a big issue this season Dealing with pitching, handicapping pitching this year has been as challenging as I've seen it. Uh, once once the crackdown started in June, I was adrift for a while. I had a really hard time adjusting because you don't really know who really relied that much. I mean, we all knew about Bauer. We all knew about Cole. But other pitchers, I mean, we didn't have a contra- comprehensive checklist. Okay, this you guy uses spider tech. This you guy uses resin. This guy does this. Tyler Glass now got hurt, blamed it on the crackdown. How are you dealing with this issue next year, guys? We'll start with uh, Justin this time.
2: My assumption is that this is going to be worked out when they do the CBA thing, right? This is kind of thrown together last minute. They have to get a new CBA. I'm sure this is going to be something that is discussed. Maybe they come together and say, hey, let's figure out a substance that works for everybody, right? That doesn't give everybody a million RPMs but allows you guys to grip things in a way that makes it safer for the game, right? It's safer when pitchers can grip the ball properly. Um, So I think it uh, will be a little bit more consistent coming into next year. I also think that means we don't know exactly what we're going to be dealing with coming into the season next year, which may make it drafting a little bit more difficult uh, as it was, uh, even when we kind of found out when everything was going on this year. So, um, I think that's kind of bad news for fantasy owners and good news for baseball in general.
1: Ariel, what say you?
4: Um, I mean, there's two things that that the uh, spider tech and the substance is affected. One is grip and two is spin. As far as grip, I think that with a whole season of doing this and the whole offseason and spring training, I think pitchers will somehow get used to the right grip. They'll, they'll be able to just manage um, on on motion. Listen, like Tyler Glass now said that, hey, you know, you can't just start it in the middle. Now I went cold turkey. Well, you can prepare for it, and you can adjust your mechanics in the offseason and when you have time, and they've been doing that this whole year. So I don't think that that aspect is going to affect what I do next year. The spin issue is, all right? I mean, if the if people are using spider tack to get an extra 100 RPM spin, that could affect it. So for some pitchers who are really cut down on the spin rate and might look to that and say, you know what, maybe knock them down around or so. Um, I don't really know how to mathematically do it. It's just a guess. But, yeah, in the back of my mind, I'll ding them a little bit if I think that the spider attack is, is affecting their spin and that I can be assured that baseball is just going to have it uh, continue as it is right now in 2021, going to next year without anything in the CBA.
1: Joe, have you found it more difficult to scout pitchers? And uh, the miners knowing uh, knowing that they're cracking down on the spin rate and I mean the grip as well.
3: Yeah, it, it's been really difficult. And, um, and on top of it, you just it, I'll, I'll, I, I totally am on board with kind of what Ariel's saying is I'm 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 going to be relying on um, kind of people smarter than me doing a lot of work in the off season on on all of the spin changes and and kind of who we think was impacted and who we who we don't think was impacted and t- minor minor league prospects it's it's really tough uh it's really tough to get good data down there and so we we just don't know what's going on and and how much it's being enforced down there and and i think there's there's one other kind of scenario to, to add in here which we may or may not know and you know maybe it's just more rumors and, and reality is, is again what what's going to happen with the baseball itself right? Because Major League Baseball likes to, to change that. And sometimes we know, and sometimes we don't, right? And and with the, the Olympics, right? Everybody was raving about that baseball and how good it yeah. was. And, and you got to wonder if maybe um, instead of, you know, getting the grip substances back, maybe they say, well, we'll get that type of a ball over here to hopefully alleviate some of those concerns. And it, there, there's so many factors that, just like you, Jeff, I, I, I feel, felt adrift and I don't know which way to, to zig or zag on these scenarios. And and it's kind of just flipping coins here.
1: It is. And we'll see, uh, and we'll see like what happens with some of these pitchers that did struggle. Like you Darvish, for instance, he, he, you know, he might be hurt. It might be the grip that was a part of a problem, or maybe he's been pitching hurt the whole time. He looks lost right now. Uh, Another bad start yesterday on the road at Arizona, I think that the Padres have lost the last six starts Darvish has made on the road. uh, Most of them have been because of Darvish, too, for that matter. There's some really problem pitchers that we're going to have to deal with next year. I mean, we always have problem guys, but he's definitely high on that list of guys that I haven't figured out for next
2: year. Well, and I think to your point, we don't know how much of it's grip. We don't know how much of it's injury. We don't know how much of it is people just tiring out right now. These guys are coming off these... 60 game seasons moving it to 162, especially these ones trying to compete uh for playoff spots or on teams that are competing for playoff spots. Uh I you know, this, you know, one of the things I said coming into the season was there's no historical context for this year, right? We've never gone from a 60-game season to 162-game season. And so trying to gather too much information based on some of the struggles, I think, is gonna be a little foolhardy and we're gonna make mistakes, you know. That, that's obviously going to happen anyways, but we're going to make mistakes attributing it to one thing when maybe it's attributing it to something else.
1: Great point. Uh, you know, they, they call that fundamental attribution error and uh, it happens all the time. It happens in the legal world happens in, you know, a lot of different contexts. So a- a- absolutely. Uh, it could be a huge issue there. And this off season is going to be a mess again, by the way, too. We may not have a season start on time next year uh, because I think the CBA is going to be one of the worst negotiations between the players and the owners and that's saying a lot because there's been a lot of bad ones over the decades
2: yeah i'm i'm really really scared uh, <laughs> to be yeah this is a guy who only covers baseball uh I, I don't want it to go away
4: yeah i think i heard a rumor that the, the owners want to push free agency after after 10 years some crazy thing like that. It's it's gonna get ugly
1: yeah, and there was also a rumor that they floated an initial proposal of a salary cap or salary floor at 100 million, but a uh, a tax at 180 million, which is mm-hmm. considerably lower than where the, the the luxury tax is right now. That would have a huge chilling effect. That that that's a non-starter. That's just not gonna that's not gonna work at all. Um. So, and and you can just see how the owners have behaved all along, laying people off. You know, look at the Oakland A's. Look how they treat their minor leaguers? The A's, the Angels, a lot of teams uh it's i think it's gonna be really ugly this offseason
2: yeah yeah it's not promising especially with what happened in terms of the 2020 season to begin with right they they waited as long as they could to not have as many games as possible but still had a season and i hope they don't enter with that kind of mindset for these negotiations this offseason
1: absolutely Uh um Before we get into our our best and worst picks in our particular league, uh, one final commercial note, and this is from our friends at Yahoo. The new NFL season is fast approaching, and Yahoo is excited to kick off Daily Fantasy Football. Yahoo is also excited to announce that its platform will now be shark-free. No Ariel Cohens, no Joe Lowry swimming around in those uh, deep waters there. To celebrate the opening of the Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football and being shark-free, Yahoo is giving users the opportunity to claim free – $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 contest entry credit offer to join Yahoo's week one $1 million baller contest. The $1 million baller contest features 200,000 in guaranteed prizing overlay. 25% of the players entered will be paid out, including first place receiving 100,000 and an entry into the first ever Yahoo fantasy football championship live finals event, which will occur at MGM National Harbor in Maryland this December. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com/slash/daily fantasy/slash/welcome to claim the free ten dollar offer. This is the Yogurt Cast. We've got Joe Lowry. We've got Justin Mason. We got Ariel Cohen joining us here, guys. It, it's been a long season. We probably shouldn't be doing postmortems yet, but I just like doing that anyhow. I like the nasal gaving. Uh, I like looking. Uh, I like looking and see what do we do right. What do we do wrong. Joe, we'll start with you. What was what was one thing you did right this season and what's one thing that you, you did completely wrong? Yeah, I, I would say uh just in in the draft,
3: taking uh, you know, Tony Disco in, in round twenty seven, I think is uh really provided uh yeah. good value for me, you know, um kept kept me afloat um
1: as Keiko and, and Heaney were trying to sink me. Um, Jake McGee too, by the way. Uh that was Yeah. Just giants generally. I mean, crazy how good they've been this year.
3: Yeah. Well, and then I swung and missed on, on a couple others, right? Like D- Dubon, Dubon, but I mean, it was a late round pick, yeah. so, so it didn't hurt too bad. Uh, and, right. and, you know, I think, I think there were a lot of questions around Kenley Jansen, you know, take, taking him kind of near the end of kind of a, a closer run. Uh, he, he's, he's, I, I, and I had some questions too, right. But, but, you know, to, I think with Justin's point, when I was hearing him earlier in the year on sleeper in the bus. It's like, it's the last year of the season that the Dodgers really are going to try and get whatever they can out of him and not baby him. And so yep. I think those, those were some uh, good plays. And, and I think stuff I've been doing wrong is just, you know, missing out uh, when it comes to fab. I just, it's it's been a challenging year because I'm not used to playing with uh, this type of a crowd. Um, and, right. and uh you know, I, I can't, you know, Manoa, you know, that one hurt because, because it, again, uh, I'm a prospect guy I, and I've been high on Manoa and just, uh, you know, I think he went for in the 170 ish range. And I think I was in like the 140 ish range. And, and I think that's kind of another reason why I was just like, you know, screw it. I'm going to throw 270 bucks on Edward Cabrera this time around. So there, there was definitely uh, an and outfield outfield, just outfield just hurt so bad this year. And I just wasn't prepared to have the depth on my bench and just throughout my team to deal with outfield and and injuries hurt. You know, Kettle Marte going, having that outfield due eligibility that I counted on, just going off and on the IL all the time. You know. Yep. uh, uh, You know, I took Nico Horner at the end of the draft, and and you know, for a moment there, I was like, you know, that was a great pick, and then and then and providing me that depth, but it just didn't last. So definitely outfield depth, not not. Playing Fab Right were kind of my uh, biggest bugaboos.
1: Yeah. Out, I remember for a while there, we had a stretch where outfielders are dropping faster than uh, spinal tap drummers. I mean, it, you know, this is, I know, make all the topical, you know, timely references there, but, uh, you know, we're going for that young age set. But uh, yeah, it, it was just, it was really hard to keep five active outfielders for a while. I remember how difficult that really was. Uh, Justin, how about you? What went right? What went wrong?
2: I mean, I don't know what went right. I think that's a harder question than what went wrong. <laughs> Trey um, Turner, you nailed it. Trey, I He's mean, great. Trey Turner, p- picking my KDS. My KDS went right. I-, I loved being in the middle. It was a great spot. Trey Turner, you know, my first pick. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, there were a number of things that went okay. I think it was going back to the well on older guys that maybe the rest of the industry uh, kind of ignored a little bit. You know, Jonathan Scope, I got him pretty late. Uh, Yuli Gurriel got him pretty late. Even Nelson Cruz, you know, uh, always is a good bargain in the sixth, seventh round uh, of a draft. What went wrong was closers for me. And it just, I mean, and I could never, I could never recover from it. Um, You know, I I took Trevor Rosenthal. He didn't even get me a save. Uh, I really was on Chris Martin and Archie Bradley and Jonathan Hernandez and all those guys, and I mean, I have struggled to get the twenty-nine or thirty saves uh, I've gotten. It would have, I would be up there in the pack with you guys had I drafted Liam Hendricks or Josh Hader in the third round instead of Anthony Rendon.
1: <laughs> Will you draft a closer early next year?
2: Absolutely. I, I, in my, in my draft, I've already done. I went out and got Rocio Iglesias and Liam Hendricks early in the draft. Uh, just to make sure I had them. And I don't want to mess around with the rest of the pack.
1: Joe, you nodded your head there too. You're going to draft an early closer next year?
3: Definitely. And, and just this one's for Justin Mason. Uh, what are you doing with Craig Kimbrell?
2: <laughs> well, Kimbrell will be a closer on another team because I can't imagine the White Sox are bringing him back.
1: He's still uh, signed for next year. I mean... It's
2: a, it's a vesting option.
1: Okay. Okay, so fair he, enough.
2: He had, he had to have closed like... 50 games or finished off 50 something games between the uh, oh, two I, seasons. For some reason, I thought
1: they were locked and loaded. I was wrong about that. Okay. No, yeah, it's well, a
2: vesting it's... option. So he's going to be a closer on another team somewhere else. Uh, and Liam Hendricks will go back to being a closer, uh, the, the only closer in, in Chicago, or at least for the White and, Sox.
3: And it's, and it's a bit of an inside joke because Justin may not have been in this yes. position as he was planning on taking Craig yeah, yeah. Kimbrell.
2: Yeah, Paul, Paul Sporer uh, talked me down on uh, Craig. Oh, Kipfer. no. I had him as like a top six or seven closer uh, coming into draft season, and, and Paul talked me out of it, and I dropped him outside my top ten. And Yeah. He, he he never lets me forget that he talked me out of that. Well, there you go. Well, I'll let you fly a little
1: slight victory flag. It's not for this league, but on every other league and stridently on Twitter, you are the Cedric Mullins guy. He went undrafted in our draft, by the way.
2: Yeah, and uh, that's a mistake on my part. Maybe that's the bigger mistake is I yeah. can draft my own guy in my own contest.
1: Yeah, um, your contest. The yeah. Justin Mason contest. Yes.
2: So, um, yeah, that uh, that was probably a mistake. But, yeah, Cedric Mullins, I mean, I'll, I'll take this victory lap for as long as everybody will let me because I'm sure we'll hear about all the poor decisions like Patrick Corbin I made. um. So, but yeah. Mon's Don't worry. A- you'll
1: be the in- injury stash guy sooner than you know it. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. I
4: still haven't lived that one down from 2019. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, um, you know, Justin, some of your mistakes actually helped me in this league. Cause you're You, were, you know, I were, yeah, well, you, you <laughs> I were picking back to back and I remember in the seventh round, you know, I'm waiting. All right. Well, Iglesias stay. Well, Iglesias stay. And you had the pick before me. You picked Trevor Rosenthal. So, ah, great. And then I was even more surprised. You picked Patrick Corbin, but your guy from San Francisco, Kevin Gaussman, was right next. Oh, yes. He fell to me. So some of my, my best uh, stuff, I was praying that Justin didn't take him. And like, I guess that helped me this year. Yeah, I mean, um, are you you could
2: say the same thing. Uh, I think later on, I take a closer. Oh, no. Actually, you took Will Smith. That's what it was. You sniped me on Will Smith, and I end up with Archie Bradley. It just you know what? Yeah. sometimes that happens and when you're drafting with such good talent around you like we had in this league you know any little mistake you can make is going to be huge you know have huge consequences in the you know in the standings. so uh, kudos to ariel kudos to all you guys for having such a fantastic season uh, in tgfbi and i'm sure overall as well uh, you guys deserve it i can't wait to see who wins this league uh, and if yeah. So, I mean, if, if if Corbin continues to get 40 steals from Starling Marte every week, it may be hard to catch it.
1: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Hey, Justin, I know you have to take off, yep. so thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll thank get you. to Ariel's victory lap and flog, uh, flogging himself tour, but take care, Jason. Justin. Thank you so much for running a great contest for us, too. Of
2: course. Thanks for being
4: in it, guys.
1: You bet. Uh, Ariel, okay, let's get to you. What went right? What went wrong for you?
4: Well, those picks obviously were pretty good that I I just uh, mentioned. Yep. Um, I I think that that my one-two combination was pretty good at start off. I I got very lucky. Again, a lot of it is luck. I got very lucky with uh, Garrett Cole in the first round, and I made the decision. I was debating to go Machado or Bichette in the second round. I picked the right one. I did uh, the third round. I was – my highest guy on my board was Xander Bogarts, and I'm like, well, you know, I already have a shortstop. I need an outfielder. So I took Marcel Ozuna, who, Ow. yeah, that, that was very early. I reached for him. Um, And, you know, when you're that early on, you know, sometimes you should just ignore position. It's okay to get redundancy if you have a much higher value. So that was a mistake of mine. Um, I thought I played fab pretty well. But, of course, I I, I, I had the benefit of the fact that I was playing on top. Right, I, I didn't have to come from behind. So mm-hmm. I just you know, made sure that my fab, I didn't spend any more than 50, 60 bucks on any player and just rationed it. Um, so I got lucky in that sense. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I haven't, I can't point to anything I did extremely wrong. Um, certainly I had bad pickups along the way, which were uh bad, at, you know, I, I, I'm sure I picked a, a 50, $60 player off the wire and he was a bust the following week. Everyone does that. Uh, yeah. But you know, sure and steady, trust your instincts, trust your projections, I think that really is, is the best way to do it in the long run.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, any systemic issues, like not necessarily in this league, but anything like about this season that it kind of threw you for a loop at all?
4: Um, you know, uh, the, the, the question comes up and you have to self-evaluate, especially going into next year of, you know, what was the right way to play the pitchers? What was the right way to play the closers? Right, What was the right way to play the speed, right? Um, And it could vary year to year, but you should at least take a self-assessment and a league assessment as to what what happened this year. Um, I think for the most part, those who drafted an ace pitcher, for the most part, made out okay. I mean, DeGrom, obviously he got hurt, but he was right. Bieber, sure, he was hurt, but he was the right guy. Cole was the right guy. Um, Certainly any of the uh, Milwaukee pitchers, Woodruff was good. Bueller um, was great. Yep. Bueller was great. Walker Bueller, yeah, I was all over him in a lot of leagues. Luis Castillo was a bust, but since you know May, he's been very good. So in general, that strategy worked to go stars and scrubs in pitchers. I think it's going to be like that next year. That you either get that ace early, or you just play it bottom bottom, because those mid darts don't seem to work, and they give up too much value in the middle. Right? Why would you spend your third, fourth, fifth, sixth rounds on pitchers? it's a very low return on investment. You'll either go one, two, or just, just go on the bottom. I think that holds, you know, closers, I, you know, we mentioned before, you know, are you going to spend a lot on closers? I don't know. I think that that really has to do with what the market is doing. Certainly if the market is pushing up closers tremendously, the play t- is to do the opposite. The play is to say, all right, I'll just pick off some lower guys. Um, but, you know, this year, the play was absolutely to pick the hot, the high guys. Um, certainly, uh, Liam Hendricks was a thousand percent worth it. Edwin Diaz was worth it. Um, the guy I have, uh, Rice Iglesias, he was worth it. So I think that, you know, because two years ago, closers didn't work out. This year, we picked by picking the top ones that work. I think it might be the reverse next year. And uh, my advice is on the market just check what, check what the market is going to be for closers. And I think that will tell you whether you're going to have to go high or low depending upon what is expensive or not. Um, so yeah, that, that's my self-assessment as far as, oh, speed. Um, you know, there really is no good way to do speed. Speed, just taking crap sh- crap shots all over the place. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm a firm believer don't pay for speed because you're just throwing away value and you don't even know if you have speed. I mean, how many people bid on Mondesi yeah that was just a, a you know taking a truck and putting your money out by the garbage, you know um <laughs> i I would say speed is something that's still gonna be overvalued next year, and you shouldn't really go for it,
1: yeah, I think you should just get you know i I, I think, as always, you get the guys that uh, you know do something else along with the speed. You don't get the speed only guys guess. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think they just punish you uh, greatly there. Uh, yeah. Although Starling Marte, I mean, man, it's going to be tough to put a price on him. The way he's been with the A's, he reminds me of Carlos Beltran when he got traded at the Astros. Uh, just you know, have that huge stretch run.
4: You know, and that's why, like I said earlier in the show, that, you know, Bichette is really a first-rounder, but you think about it. You know, it, to me, it's about risk in the first round. And when you have mm-hmm. a guy who's going to bag 25 bases and do other things, um, his price should be pushed up because he's very low risk compared to other players. So I would bank that speed really early and just take your shots, not in the middle, but low down. That's I think that's the best way to go uh, if you're going to be efficient.
1: Yeah, I think so too. What do you think about uh, speed, Joe? Yeah, you know,
3: I, I, I kind of tried to approach it this year where, you know, I was like Ariel said, I wasn't going to pay for speed um, to a certain degree. It kind of looks like I did in that. I drafted Trevor story in, in the first round
4: mm-hmm.
3: uh, and he is kind of underperformed there. But my my goal was really to target guys who were in that 10 steal a year range. And, yep. and I got quite a few of those guys and that has kept me middle of the pack.
1: Yep. And Semi and cut- Segura, those guys are solid. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah that that that
4: was,
3: that was kind of my strategy, and I think I'm probably gonna stick with it. It's it's I I'd, I'd rather fight for the other categories and not lose on speed. Get get the middle of the pack there, and and you know I I I, I bid on you know and and got Jorge Mateo a few weeks ago just as a hey if I start falling behind um, in speed for whatever reason I'll throw him in for a week just to hope that uh, I can bring that back up a little bit. But I didn't pay much. And, and, and that, again, is kind of my approach is if you need it at the end, there's those cheap guys that will kind of bog down your batting average. But will get you some, some
1: cheap steals for a week here or there. But don't pay for it. I hear you on that. Great job. Uh, I'm looking at my draft board, and I don't even know how I'm in the top half of the league. I, I, I the, the mistakes are just everywhere. I mean, well, Acuna, Kershaw Shaw weren't mistakes, but obviously they're hurt now. Woodruff was awesome. Hey, Alex Bregman fell to me, and I took him and took the bargain. And look how that's worked out. Luke Voigt over Vlad in the fifth. We've discussed that covered territory. Lourdes Gurriel, okay, not not great at all. But hey, I got. Set, round seven and eight were good picks. Dan C. Swanson and Will Smith, the catcher version. So yay, small victories there, but I'm, I just threw out this. I mean, I'm just, I have mistake after mistake. I waited on closers. I did get lucky with Melanson in the 17th. I guess that did save my butt a little bit there. And I picked up Ian Kennedy pretty early. Uh, so that worked out pretty well, but I'll tell you guys, I've just had to, I, I think I've been fabbing like crazy and just managing it that way there because my draft was terrible.
4: Yeah, there's a lot of ways to win. And obviously, not everybody's going to hit it in the draft. And, you know, for those who didn't, then, you know, it depends on what you do in the first uh, six weeks of the season, whether Mm -hmm. you recovered there. And you obviously did a fantastic job.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Also, Jake Cronenworth was a win in the 21st. I love that guy.
4: Oh, he's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Any parting thoughts? Any uh, things that our listeners should be uh, focusing on for September? Joe, we'll start with you.
3: Yeah, you know, I, you know, it's, I'm sure it's been said everywhere, right? But you know, there, there's definitely the the teams that are out of the races. You have to imagine that they're going to ramp back innings. There's it seems like there's just a yeah. lot of more six man rotations. Uh, and, and and the other the other thing that you know kind of smacked us in the face just in the past few days, and I no Ariel's kind of tangentially probably feeling it is weather. I mean, now, yeah. now we're going to be dealing with weather for these last four weeks. That is just that X factor, that wild card. And you just get really got to stay plugged in to see if, you know, I, I'm afraid of putting guys in my starting lineup who may not even get starts that week because they're going to get half their games rained out. You just, it's, it's uh, something that I, you know, in the month of September spent a lot of time every day checking, you know. The, the Roto-Wire daily lineup, the, the, the weather, what's going on, you know, it, right.
1: it's a big, big deal. It is. Yeah. It really is.
4: Well, my, uh. my two pieces of advice are, um, you know, for those still in it, um, look at who's pitching not two starts, not this week, but next week. Because off the waiver wire, you know, if you pick up a guy for this week, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who are bidding on the two-star pitchers. But you might be able to get a guy for like a dollar or two if you look at who's pitching two starts the following week. So yeah. be economical with your money. Even if you don't play him, let him ride your bench if you have it, and then he'll be free, essentially, for you to pick up uh, and just stick from your bench to your lineup. Um, but for those of you who are not that in it or just for everybody, um, look at how people are doing in September. Like lo- Look at the hot streaks. Look at how teams are utilizing players, how teams are looking at prospects. That's going to give you a big clue and a leg up on 2022. Like the th- September is... Prime territory to breed ideas and to breed thoughts as to usage for next year, and that's that's always something that goes uh un, un unnoticed uh, or or undernoticed, I should say.
1: I think it's a great point. Uh, you know, it, and you start you know, instead of like, who is this guy? How did he do the? How, how did he end up with these numbers? If you're paying attention, you have an idea. Pay attention to lineups. Pay attention to where they're hitting in the lineup. That'll also reveal some of the the, the uh, thoughts of the team too, for sure.
4: Yeah, I mean, look at Frank Schwindel. Uh, I should call him Frank Homer Schwindel. Every day is a Homer batting fourth in the Cubs lineup. I mean, that'll yeah. tell you right away what the Cubs think of him. So, you know, guys like that, just, just keep track. Look, what I do in the morning is at my breakfast table, I look at the box scores, look at last night's box scores, what's mm-hmm. been going on, and and just get, have a mental note of, of what teams are doing, how they're utilizing players. It's it, It's great information.
1: Absolutely. All right. We'll close on that. Uh, And by the way, thanks for the plug on the uh, daily lineups page. I think it's a great page that our guys do great work. Uh, That and the projected starters grid. Uh, And uh, by the way, you can sync that up with my league. So if you're looking for free agents, look to see if they're available. You can do that, too, with that tool. So some good stuff there. Uh, I want to thank Winbet uh, for their uh, sponsorship all season long with that. Guys, thank you so much. Ariel, Joe, thanks to Justin earlier. Really appreciate everything you guys have uh, done uh, this season and joining me today. Really appreciate it.
4: Thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thank you. You bet. We got the Two Start Starter podcast tomorrow with Todd and Clay. Tune in for that. Thank you, WinBet. As always, thank you guys for listening. Have a great day.